The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. With seven, Dosumu, top of the key, driving, pull up from 15, it's good! He got it! With point five on the clock, and Io Dosumu has put Illinois ahead again! Fighting Illini game day is on the air. The countdown to tip-off is underway with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Your first look, an in-depth preview of today's contest, here on News Talk 1400, and Light Rock 97.5, the flagship home for fighting Illini basketball. Dosumu against the man-to-man. Pass inside, Kofi. And the finish! He slams it in! Dribbles into the paint. Top balance shot blocked by Kofi Coburn. Out of there with it, Dosumu to the basket. Lay it Out top, Dosumu. Right wing, right corner, Frazier for the lead! And he buried it from the deep right corner! Now from courtside at the State Farm Center on the campus of the University of Illinois, here's your host, Scott Beatty. And good evening, everybody. Welcome in to our coverage tonight. Illinois basketball hosting the Michigan State Spartans. The Illini rank number 22 in the country are 8-4. and four. Good for second place in the Big Ten. They're 16 and 7 overall. The Michigan State Spartans are here. They have fallen out of the top 25 rankings. They're at number 26, technically 16 and 8 overall, and 8 and 5 in conference play, separated by just a half game against the Illini. The Illini lost on January 2nd to these Spartans, 76 to 56, in a 20-point game up in Michigan in East Lansing where the Illini did not shoot very well. But then after that loss, the Illini went on a seven-game winning streak but now have lost back-to-back ball games, having lost at Iowa last Sunday and then a loss to Maryland as well in their last ball game here at home against a, a pair of ranked teams. So now Michigan State in for this matchup. The Illini and the fan base in an orange out. The Illini are already uh, out getting some warm-up shots in, and they'll be in their all-orange uniforms. The Spartans are countering with all of the green. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Scott Beatty. Lauren Tate will be alongside here in a moment, and also we will welcome into the program Dan Dockich. Always good for some thoughts as the Illini and Michigan State get ready to play here in a pretty key Tuesday night matchup. Illinois, or rather Michigan State, is uh, coming off a three-game losing streak. They most recently lost to their in-state rival, the Wolverines, 77-68. to Lauren Tate, great to have you here. This is a big game tonight for the Illini. And uh, we've, you've we know it's a big game when Dan Dockage is right here. Saying, right? Man, oh man, is it big when I show up. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I always appreciate your time with us. And... Uh, wow. Uh, Michigan State, how things have changed. They were preseason number one. I don't know that you can maintain that kind of status without Josh Langford, but, uh, you know, I think there's some restlessness up there in East Lansing right now. And is it uh, valid or not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I don't ever think, and I said this on a show Seth Greenberg and I did, I didn't think they're the number one team in the country because I don't think they can shoot. And, uh, and I thought that uh, – Losing Langford this year was far worse than last year when they had a kid, McQuaid, 
and they had uh, Kenny Goins who could really shoot from the top of the key. And Kenny Goins was a great inside player. Um, he had Ward too. Yeah, he had Ward in there as well. So, but you can't shoot, you can't play. And the thing that's happening, I think, with Michigan State is they they're, they're tough. They're going to play the way Izzo wants, so they're going to win games. And I wouldn't put it past them to make a run in, you know, here the NCAA tournament, wherever. But they just don't have a guy that can go get them easy baskets other than Cassius Winston. That includes the block. And it's going to be interesting tonight because both teams play two bigs for the most part. Both teams are physical, but obviously Illinois is a great rebounding team, and Michigan State's a great rebounding team. So I think I think a team, if one of the two guys for Illinois, and I'm talking about Trent Frazier, DeSumo, and uh, and Cassius Winston or uh, Henry can get it going, I think that'll determine the game. What's impressed you most about the turnaround for Illinois under Brad Underwood? Oh, man, look, and I'm not talking about last year or this year. I'm talking about the Miami game that we did here when they were down 30 in the first half to right now. I thought after that Miami game, I thought, wow, this this program is in trouble. Uh, not from the standpoint of they didn't have the right coach or any of that kind of stuff. For this year, they weren't going to have any good non-conference wins if you really look at it. And although if you coach, you know that the win down in uh, uh, Phoenix against uh, Jerry Gary GCU, Klan. yeah. What? Grand Canyon. Yeah. Grand Canyon, yeah, yeah. That's a hell of a win. I mean, I watched that game, and it was crazy, the crowd. But when you look at the national scope, they weren't really going to have a big win, and you thought, well, God, if, they, if they're down 30 in the first half against Miami. Now, Miami played out of its mind. What's going to happen with the program? And i got to tell you, two things in my mind have happened. Number one, uh, Kofi Coburn has the improved defensively, arguably as well as any kid I've ever seen during the year. Like, he was awful playing ball screens out on the perimeter against Miami. They went around him. He didn't know what to do. He was backing off. He was running out. He had no idea. And now I see him. And I look, a freshman playing as a post kid, you got to guard the post. you got to guard out here on ball screens. you got to go over there on ball screens. It's hard. But I tell you what, I think he's gotten much better, and I think that's made Illinois much better. And the second thing is they're comfortable in their roles. Like, you know, let's let's be honest. you got to have a closer. DeSumo's a closer. Trent Frazier's a shots, and he made them against uh, – uh, Wisconsin here, you know, right in front of the bench and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Georgie Bashanasvili has, I think, embraced and, and figured out how to play with Kofi. So the improvement is stark. You know, the, look, and Brad Underwood's a damn good coach, always has been. And, and he's coached this team up, I think, better than maybe anybody in the league. Well, I got to ask you about the the uh, adventures at uh, Indiana last weekend yeah, with right. Bob Knight coming in. Yeah. So much talk about that. What's your ultimate reaction to that? Um. Are you glad he finally got that uh, part out of the way or not? I don't really care, and I don't have a relationship with Coach. And I was with him 16 years, but our, our, our bridges have been burned with each other a long time ago. But here's what I thought, Lauren. I was, um, I was really sad for him um, from this standpoint. It's one thing when people tell you, and his doctor's my doctor, and I'd just been down to see him, and he's like, yeah, coach isn't doing great, but he's not doing terrible. And then you see him out there, and it, it, it made me sad because when you see him on the court that he ruled, whether you liked him or not. You're or not the same he, guy. It's not, yeah, it's not. And that made me sad, and I thought this, Lauren, and maybe, maybe I think too much into things. I, I thought to myself, I don't know anything, and I don't pretend to know anything about dementia and all that stuff, and I don't know what the official diagnosis is. But I sat there and I wondered, like, is he trapped in his own mind? Does he not? Does he know what's going on, but he can't express it? You know what I mean? Like, so pe- many people wanted it for him. I mean, there's yeah. so many players and his son. Yeah. And I don't know where his wife is on it, but I. She was. She's. 
She's a little bitter. I mean, I'll be honest with you, but, you know, she also understands that they moved back to Bloomington because yep. of the love that he knew, and that's helpful to somebody going through stuff. And I thought it was a great night for Indiana players. I I, I just I, – I, I'm going to be perfect. It would be easy for me to say, oh, it was a great night for everybody. It was a great night for Coach Knight. But I, I can't lie to you. I, I just was sad to see Coach on the same court that I was there with 16 years, and he dominated, and he was a force – and I, I just was sad to see him. And he's, I wondered about how hard de- it is he's on He's definitely his slowed down, and, and the, 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 the fans wanted to see some of that activity on the court, yeah. and they didn't get it. They didn't get the energy out of the team that the – Oh, that the, was a totally – now that deal, I, you know, like the, the team there at Indiana has, in my world, not represented what was on display on Saturday. Like you had all these former players, all these guys. You had guys that have given their heart and soul in many cases. Like I broke my neck playing at Indiana. I had three knee surgeries playing at Indiana. And to watch the way those guys played was was absurd to me and actually very disappointing the way they played. Coach Knight gave a speech. Like, people say, well, they should have been out there, those players, watching those old great players. And <laughs> that doesn't matter to guys 20 years ago. I don't care about that. And they didn't play well. Dan. Well, what's going to happen tonight? You know what? We were talking. Reese Davis and I were doing the game and Molly McGrath, and, and we all said the same thing. You know, rarely do you go into a game and both teams really think they're going to win. You know, like when you do enough games and you talk to enough coaches before the game, you get a vibe from one or the other how they feel about it. Both coaches think their teams are playing well. Both coaches think they're going to win. I, I don't know who's going to win, but I will tell you this, and I said this earlier, the, the team that can get their guy, Cassius Winston or Io or Trent Frazier, going, because I think it's going to be a hell of a battle on the board. I can't see that, you know, Kofi's going to dominate them or Tillman's going to dominate, you know, Kofi and them. I just think whoever can get it going from outside is going to win the game. Dan Dockich, always great to have you with us. Appreciate it. Enjoy the call, and thanks for your time. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Off and running, it's the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. See the folks at Rudy Wealth Management for all of your retirement planning and investment needs. Rudy Wealth Management voted number one in the People's Choice Awards. Back with more in a moment. It's Fighting Illini Game Day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Now with more, here's Scott Beatty. Scott Beatty and Lauren Tate with you. It's the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. We are at the State Farm Center about 75 minutes from tip-off Illinois and Michigan State. Thanks for being along with us. We just had Dan Dockich with us. And uh, Lauren, I, I think here's a statement that people may or may not like. I think Dan Dockich was right. And I do think tonight is about the best players who's going to perform the best between Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman and Io DeSumo, Trent Frazier, and Kofi Coburn. Well, I'm going to say that to try to predict anything right now is Ed Bond just handed me this, and Penn State's leading Purdue 55-32 to 32 at Purdue. Who wants to play Penn State right now? They are rolling. I know, but this is home court. What happened to the home court? I Purdue's <laughs> 42 no, Illinois had no problems. <laughs> 23 points behind with 14 minutes to go. And that's a team that blew out Iowa. Go figure. That's what makes this fun, does isn't it? Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but it makes me nervous when I, I just I'd hate to see the. You gotta win. You gotta protect the home court. That's that's the way I feel about yeah. this season. I, 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 these are two teams I think with a lot at stake. And that's yeah. why I asked Will Leach about it when we had him, like, or, or uh, uh, Matt 
Stiganga, who, who has the most to lose tonight? It, Michigan State on a three-game losing streak, and the Illini trying not to have a three-game losing streak and fighting for a chance to win this league. Well, again, it's the home court. You've got to protect the home court. They lost a game on the home court. They can't lose another one. All right, Lauren, you told me you're going to switch it up on keys to the game. We'll do that when we come back. All it's right. Fighting Illini game day. It's Fighting Illini game day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Here again, Scott Beatty. Illinois and Michigan State, two teams separated by a half game in the conference standings, a battle for second place. Scott and Lauren with you. Time for our keys to the game before we get to the coach's corner. And they're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champagne, the unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert steers you in the right direction. The whole team of them takes you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank invested. Lauren. Well, we try to get technical all the time, talk about defense, rebounding, all these other things. you got to make shots. They missed 10 free throws in the last game, mm -hmm. the, the line I did, and they shot 22 out of 61 from the field, which won't cut it. You, at your home, you got to shoot up in the 40% at least, get close to 50 possibly. you got to make shots, and that's what I'm going to stick with. you got to make shots in this game. And, by the way, you got to make uh, get open for shots because they did block nine shots in the last game that Illinois played against Michigan State. You can't have them blocking that many shots. I'm going to stick with the same key I had last game is the front court has to play well. Yeah. And it did not against Maryland, and yeah. it had a tough test against Maryland. But you need Kofi Coburn and Georgie to have that touch down low. Make yeah. some shots. One basket apiece in the last game. That won't cut it. It's amazing how hard it is to make baskets when you're that close. But it is because... <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not... <laughs> they're, you're being challenged, let's put it that's, that way. Yeah, that's they're what I'm saying. <laughs> by a guy just as big as, if not bigger than you are. Yeah, and uh, the Illini will have their hands full with Xavier Tillman down there, but the Illini, I think, are generally the bigger team. They're one of the biggest teams in this league. Michigan State's a little bit smaller. They've been even asked and talked to about, are they going to just play small? They're going to try and go smaller at the four and, and all that type of stuff. The two teams with a lot on the line tonight, and it's a sold-out State Farm Center. Lauren, enjoy it. Okay. Always a pleasure. Thanks to Ed Bond as well. We'll do the coach's corner when we come back. Brian Barnhart talks to Orlando Antigua, who has the scout of the Michigan State Spartans. And then Brian and Dion will lead you up to tip-off at 8 o'clock. Afterwards, fasteners, etc. post-game show, late-night version. We'll do it all here. Stay with us. Welcome back. We continue now with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show here at the State Farm Center, Illinois and Michigan State getting set to square off tonight. It's time now for the Coach's Corner. The voice of the Illini is Brian Barnhart, and he talks with assistant coach Orlando Antigua. The conversation brought to you by Clark Lindsay and Hickory Point Bank. Here's Brian. Orlando Antigua is here, and boy, another big game tonight. It's every game in the Big Ten, brother. <laughs> every game is a big game, and it's... Uh... It's the most important game because it is the next game. Mm -hmm. And when you play in the, as tough of a conference as we do, uh, you know, it's great for the kids. It's great for the fans. It's, uh, it's terrible for the coaches. But um, <laughs> as a competitor, that's what you want. You want to you test your best against the best. And uh, so we're excited about that. I was going to say, you can sleep in April, right? We will sleep in April. I think that's a slogan <laughs> somebody has. <laughs> well, it, it does get to be a meat grinder. And uh, night after night, you're, now you're facing a Michigan State team that 
they're as hungry as we are to get a win. I mean, they've lost three in a row. Yeah, uh, I think you said it right. They're just as hungry as we are to get back on track. Um, you know, it's their second game, second game in a row on the road. Um, and we know how difficult that is. And we just want to try to get back to playing Illinois basketball and, and, and being on the uh, left side of the column. Yeah, yeah. we got in a little foul trouble the other day. Had some different lineups out there against Maryland. Just We were playing downhill, it seemed, early, and then we were kind of had uphill the rest of the night. Yeah, I think uh, you got to credit Maryland a little bit in, in terms of the change in their defenses and, and um, uh, the foul trouble uh, also impacted in the way we were playing. So we, we got to try to avoid, uh, obviously, foul trouble and putting them on the line. Mm-hmm. It's one of the keys to, to the, this game against Michigan State, yeah. and particularly Cassius and, and Tillman, who will do a great job. Yeah, you guys talk a lot. I've heard coaches talk about not trying to hit a home run every time. It seemed like near the end of the game we were trying to hit a, a home run or a grand slam. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's, it's sticking with the process. It's sticking with um, being everyday guys and just working you know, the offense and the defense and our principles that we work on every day. Uh, Doing that consistently on every possession throughout the course of the game, obviously we've proven that the results will take care of themselves. And and so we can't get out of character, even when we hit a little bit of of adversity, uh, just stick with the things that we do uh, and that we do well. And um, Don't do anything out of character that nobody else on the floor Mm -hmm. is expecting because then it changes what what we we can anticipate or what can happen or how we adjust. Yeah, that's that connectivity you always talk about. That is. That is part of being connected um, both offensively and defensively. And, and you know, a big part of that is communication and, and, and listening. DeMonte hit a couple of threes early. That was good to see. And it at least gives teams, and he, I know he can make them. It's just a matter of it does give teams something else to think about if he can knock down a couple. Yeah, and, and, and DeMonte's a kid that uh, stays in the gym, is working on it. Um, you know, he brings so much to our team besides offense, uh, but he's very capable, and it's just a matter. I was happy for him because I know how hard he works on his shot. Uh, I know the amount of hours that he puts, um, additional hours from just the, the practicing w- with the staff and the team. So happy for him to see a little, see the ball go in once or twice for him. We'll take a break. Back with Orlando and Teague. We'll talk some more about the Spartans here tonight after this on the Coach's Corner. Assistant coach Orlando and Tebow with us. All right, let's uh, scout the Spartans again. Tell me what uh, we did well in the first meeting, what we didn't do, and what we need to do this time. Well, um, in that first half, we, we played, uh, we managed the foul situation. We had a bunch of guys that were in foul trouble uh, with two fouls, and we had to have different lineups. But we did a good job of containing their transition and us getting in transition, uh, getting offensive rebounds. I think we. Um, you don't expect it to be 0 for 11 from three in the first half. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that was too many threes, but their defense s- puts you in position because they're so packed in that what, what's available is open shots. So uh, we've got to be able to drive some of those opportunities, get in there, play off of two feet, try to put them in some uh, foul situations and, and get the ball in the paint, whether it be via penetration or, or post entries, but we've got to continue to do a good job of getting the ball inside. Looks to me like Coach Izzo has juggled his lineups. I think he's got eight different starting lineups. He's trying to, like, at the four spot, he's looking for some consistency. Uh, they obviously get a lot with a one-two punch of Winston and Tillman. Yeah, I think uh, I think those two are the catalysts, obviously, for that team. Everybody else is, uh, you know, uh, added plus, and, you know, 
Cassius um, being the uh, Big Ten Player of the Year and in conversation for that again this year, he's gonna he's gonna do what he does. You got to make his catches and his touches difficult. And now you got to test for Tillman, who's been playing phenomenal uh, the last five games, and you got to make his catches and his touches really hard for 40 minutes. Um, you got to keep him off the glass. You got to match his intensity in transition. You got to run with him and rim running, and you got to keep him off off the offensive glass because he's relentless at it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, we did okay on the boards against them last time, I think. Yeah, we had 20 offensive rebounds in that mm-hmm. uh, in that game. It wound up being an even even for for the game. And, uh, obviously, when you have an opportunity to get 20 offensive rebounds, that means there are a lot of missed shots. So. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have 20 offensive rebounds and have that many missed shots, um, but it was good that we were able to. That, that's a big key in this game, and, and something that Michigan State has, as a program has always prided themselves on is, is rebounding, and, and so are we. Um, so we want to make sure that that battle is uh, you know, plus three, plus four, plus five on that on that side, if we can, and, and then control them in transition as much as we can. They are among the best in the country at getting assists. I think it's 18 and a half a game. Yeah. Uh, so you got to get them out of rhythm a little bit, I guess. You right? do, you do. They're uh, the number one in the country in assisted uh, uh, offense. So you, you, and, and obviously, um, Cassius is a big part of that. But Tillman also had six assists in our first game um, as a catalyst, as well as Henry's the third guy uh, that handles the ball and, and makes decisions. Um, we want those guys to be able to make some decisions and make some plays. That means that Cassius doesn't have it in his hands as much. Uh, but it's you know. We're, we're, we're going to have to defend all of them and do a really good job and just make those two guys in particular uh, really work extremely hard for, for their touches. Yep. All right, a couple of keys for tonight. Uh, just, get, uh, get back, right? Uh, Rebounding? Well, we, we've got to do, uh, we've got to do a good job offensively, mm-hmm. getting the ball inside, paint touches, getting at the rim, getting to the free throw line, and that will help our transition defense. You got to call them and those um, loose Missed, uh, missed shots, turnovers. Like, then we, we've got to we've got to do yeoman's work in terms of sprinting back, protecting the rim first, and then getting out to shooters, and then containing Cassius and ma- making sure that we keep bodies in front of him. Yeah, it's funny because you'll see a lot of teams play them, and it's almost like, oh yeah, I need to get back. Yeah, because even on a made basket, yeah, they're going. Even on a made basket, they do a great job of uh, sprinting to take the ball out of bounds, and. Cashes and Lawyer do a good job of starting their break by running and receiving the ball uh, past the free throw line, top of the key area. So it's one and two dribble. They're already in, in the uh, in the backcourt. Uh, so, yeah, you have to do a good job of make sure you <laughs> you're sprinting back. All right, enjoy the orange out. Tonight. Thank thank you, B. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. All right, that's Assistant Coach Orlando Antigua on the Coach's Corner. Thanks much, Brian. The Coach's Corner is brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Clark Lindsay. More to come now from the State Farm Center as Illinois gets ready for the Spartans. I'm Scott Beatty. I'm back with you after the ball game. Trent Meacham joins me as well as Evan Kahn for the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Stay up late with us. We'll take your calls and texts about the game. It's all right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. Champaign-Urbana.